Hey there, and welcome to the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We're honored you've chosen to join us today. In a few moments, Senior Pastor Alan Miller will launch into this week's teaching. Before that, though, we'd like to encourage you to also check out our website, firstmissionary.net, where you can find out more about what the Lord is doing in our local body and how you can get involved. Now here's Alan with this week's teaching. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. He is just so good and so worthy of our affection and our praise this morning. Uh, always, always worthy of our, our highest praise and our highest worship. And we're so glad that you're here today to, to enter into His presence or rather to acknowledge His presence and be aware of His presence in our midst today. Aren't you glad that you don't have to invite Him to be here? Aren't you glad that you don't have to invoke Him to be here? That if you are in Christ, uh, He is in you. The hope of glory resides within you. And He is already here when you came in this morning. Guess what? He came in with you. And so when He came in with us, uh, we came in with Him. And so we, didn't have, we don't have to invite Him to be here with us. He is already present, active, alive, working. And the thing about it is, that some of us might just be becoming more aware of what he's trying to do in our lives. This is definitely a new beginning for us, but a fresh start for someone else. A new beginning for us, but a fresh start for someone else. You may not realize it, but the person who is sitting, uh, sitting next to you right now, they may be at a, a very critical uh, juncture and, and place in their life. They may be here today because there's some things that they're ready to put behind them that they are needing to put behind them. They might be here today because they are looking for that fresh start in their life. Uh, just last Sunday morning, um, there was a man in our service, a very good friend and brother to me. Uh, he was here looking for a fresh start. Got a chance to talk to him later that evening. He began to open up and share his life with me. And he said to me, he said, the very words, the very words that you spoke this morning, a fresh start is exactly what I'm looking for. It's what I need in my life. And, and I felt like, I really felt like the church is a good place to go find that. And so there may be others here today all around you this morning and they're looking for a fresh start in their life. And we're reminded that God is into new things. He really is. He is really into new things. Control-alt-delete, a new do, a, new, uh, a do-over, if you will. You know, throughout Scripture, you see that God does make things new. You know, He gives us a new covenant in Christ, a covenant based on grace. Uh, he says to those who are in Christ, uh, about those who are in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a what? A new creation. And the apocalyptic Jesus in the book of Revelation says there, I am doing what? I am making all things new. So God is about new things, fresh starts. Maybe that's you today. In Luke chapter 12. Jesus kind of hits us with some convicting words about people who are looking, searching, 
You know, there's a lot of people in his day and time, in his context, who saw him as a fresh start. Many had been waiting for him, uh, looking for him to come. He arrives. There were those who, who uh, they were anticipating the Messiah. There were others, and I know there's a bit of a ring. I can hear just a bit of a ring, and those guys are working on that. Thank you so much for your patience. But they looked at Jesus, and they saw him as their fresh start. Others were not so prepared, and they were not so ready. And so when you come to Luke chapter 12, I believe a lot of those words there about being ready, about being prepared, uh, we think about the second coming of Christ. There's a lot there that he's probably talking about, not just the second coming of Christ, but the first coming of Christ as well. There in their midst, in their presence, Jesus, new start, fresh start, he finally arrived. He's in the first coming. Today marks a time of the season that is called what? It marks a time of the season, the fourth Sunday before Christmas. On the Christian calendar, the liturgical calendar, it marks what season? It is the season that is known as Advent. The word Advent means to appear or to make an appearing. All across the country today and all across the world, Christians are gathering together and, and they are starting and kicking off what is known as the Advent season. It is a season of preparation. It's a season of preparedness, of being ready. It's almost like going back into time and being those first century believers waiting for the long-expected who? Waiting for the long-expected Messiah. A season of anticipation, a season of getting ready, a season of being prepared. And the reason that Advent can be so effective and meaningful is because it's kind of a time in your life that you can just stop and say, okay, what really matters? What's really important to me in my life? What really matters to God? What is important to God? You know, we're entering to the greatest celebration on the earth, anticipating the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ, but it's a time that you get to stop and you think, wow, what's going on in my life? What am I doing that might be a distraction? Uh, where might some of my priorities be? And so the Advent season comes at a time and it just calls believers to kind of stop, to evaluate their lives, and to make preparation for His coming. There are many descriptions of this season, and there's many descriptions of Jesus. But one of the words, one of the words that characterizes this season and the advent of Christ is the word peace. Say that with me. It's the word peace. After all, Many of the songs that we sing during the season, some of the key scriptures that we look at and read, like in Luke chapter 2, glory to God in the highest and on earth, what? 
peace. Is there anyone here today who's looking for peace? Is there anyone here today who's looking for peace? Got some challenges going on in your life? Some challenges in your marriage? Challenges with your health? Challenges at work? Challenges in your community? Challenges at school? Is there anyone here today who's looking from who's looking for peace? Peace is a word that enters when there's no more war or there's no more striving, right? Peace enters when the strife and the contention goes away. Peace on earth. Peace among men in whom he's well pleased. Glory to God in the highest. Uh, Here's another example, Isaiah chapter 9. For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of what? The Prince of what? Prince of Peace. So it does it not stand to reason that the Advent season is a season where we can extend hope, and we can extend peace to people, and peace is found in the Prince of Peace, and His name is what? His name is Jesus. So here's what we can conclude. Where there's strife, where there's turmoil, where there's difficulty, enter Jesus into the middle and the heart of that, and what's going to follow? What has a great possibility to follow? It's that P word again. It is the word peace. If there's any word that you you get a hold of today, any word that you don't need to forget about this season, about this message, anything, it is the word peace. And maybe the reason why you're having such conflict at work or conflict at school or conflict in your marriage your family, or whatever. Maybe it's because Jesus has yet to inhabit that place in your life. If you could introduce Jesus into that scenario or into the aspect of your life, then you would would hope and imagine and believe with all your heart that peace is going to follow. All throughout Scripture, He's marked by peace. John chapter 14, verse 27. Here's another place. Peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. And then he says, do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Peace, peace, peace. The Prince of Peace. Peace on earth. Mercy mild. Peace, peace, peace. Is there anyone here today who's looking for peace? Enter Luke chapter 12. Last week, 
we looked at what is known as the teaching of the unfaithful stewards. We talked through that last week. If you didn't get to hear that message, you can catch it online. We have a YouTube channel. You can go and listen to that message in its entirety. We worked through the fact that most likely Jesus was talking about the context of his, his present coming, his first coming at the time where he was visibly with them. The first advent was a reality. But he also is looking toward and talking about his second coming that has not happened yet. And so you have the two comings of Christ coming together there in that teaching. And it seems like the overarching word is to be ready. To be ready. To be prepared. Because you don't want to miss a thing. Many of those first century Jews, they weren't prepared. They weren't ready. They missed him. Be ready. Be prepared. Be vigilant. And it's not just a message during the Advent season, but we seem to draw from Scripture that it's a message for life overall for all believers. That we are to live our lives in a state of anticipation. And what's really cool about this is that we celebrate what He did and the sufficiency of what He did, but we also live in anticipation and expectation of what He's going to do. That he's alive, active, and well. And, and the thing about it too is that what he does may not just all be wrapped up in his second coming, but what he's going to do this afternoon. What he's going to do tonight. What he might do this week in your life. The life of a believer is to be marked by great anticipation and expectation. Have you ever had someone over to your house but yet you were not prepared for them to come over. Anyone? You had a visitor show up at the door and you were not ready for them? Or maybe you had somebody to show up and you not, you, they were not who you thought they were or who you were expecting? Does it make anyone's skin crawl and their hair stand up on the back of your neck to think about uninvited guests coming over to your house? Can I get a yes and an amen? I mean, most people want a good heads up so they can be ready, make preparations. I've told y'all the story when I was living in Coldwater with mom and dad about the Jehovah's Witnesses that were showing up at the house on Saturday mornings. I've told you that story, right? I was in Bible college at the time and I think I thought I was getting smart and I was just ready to tackle the world or as some would say, I was ready to tackle hell with a water pistol. And, and, and some folks were coming to the house on Saturday mornings and they were coming early and I was missing them because I was sleeping in. I was in college. So one day mom says to me, she says, hey, listen, the next Saturday morning they come to the house I'm going to come get you out of bed so you can talk to them. And I am like, hot dog. Would love to talk to them. 
So, you know, during the week, I'm thinking about what I'm going to say. I'm kind of getting prepared, getting ready. And sure enough, Saturday morning rolls around, and I'm laying in bed, and there's a knock on my door, and it's my mother. She opens up the door, and she looks at me, and she says, they're here. I mean, you would have thought the aliens had invaded Coldwater. No disrespect. No disrespect. So I jump up out of the bed. You know, I'm going through Scripture into my mind. And I race out into the garage. And there they stood in the garage. They had all their literature out there. A man and a young girl beside of him. And, and I go flying out there. And I start asking them questions and stuff like this, you know. And, I, and, and I'm just ready. I'm just right there, and I'm ready. Hey, my name's Alan. It's nice to meet you. Glad you came to visit us this morning. I'm so glad you're here, and I'm just waiting for them to go into their spill, and I'm fired up, and I'm ready. I think my dad is off in the corner kind of just watching, you know. And finally, this guy pulls out his piece of paper, and I'm like, I'm ready. This is going to go down. It's going down right here in the garage. We're going to convert them. It's going to be awesome. And the guy pulls out his piece of paper, and he says, uh, 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 uh. Sir, we are with the Volunteer Fire Department of Farmington, and we're trying to collect money for a calendar we're going to make. Yeah, we'll buy a calendar. But I was ready. I was prepared. The message is, be prepared, be ready. But he doesn't always bring peace. When he shows up, he doesn't always bring peace. You say, well, Brother Allen, I thought you just said, if I needed peace in my life, then I need to introduce Jesus. Context. Context, context. He doesn't always bring peace. At least that's what he says. So he transitions out of that teaching on preparedness. And in Luke 12, verse 49, this is what he says. He says, I have come to cast fire upon the earth. And how I wish it were already kindled. You think, man, Jesus kind of sounds mad there. I mean, typically when you think of fire, you think of destruction. You might think of judgment. So is Jesus ready to show up on the scene so that he can just, like the towering inferno, wreak havoc on people? And then he takes it even further. He says, but I have a baptism to undergo. This is not his baptism in the Jordan River. That's already happened. This is his way of saying, I'm ready for this fire to be kindled on the earth. But my work's not finished yet. I have a baptism to undergo. And the idea here is that he has this event. He has this overwhelming immersion not in water that has to take place 
And most likely this is a reference to the cross. That the fire can't come now because I haven't gone to the cross yet. And just hang on. It gets even more interesting. He says, he talks about how distressed he is and how he'll be distressed until it is accomplished in verse 50. And then in verse 51, he says, do you suppose that I came to grant peace on earth? And we'd all go, uh, yeah, isn't that what Luke said? I tell you, no, but rather a division. Other places of Scripture, he says, I came to bring a sword. You don't think of peace and a sword going together. And then he says in verse 52, it goes even further. For from now on, five members in one household will be divided. Three against two, two against three. Speaking in generalities, just making the point of divided households. Verse 53, they will be divided. Father against son, and son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother. He's got to bring the mother-in-laws into it. Mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. I thought he came to bring peace. This seems to be a divisive Jesus. What in the world is he talking about? Context, context, context. I believe that what Jesus is trying to help us to understand is this. When Jesus comes into the picture, if he's not welcome there by all parties involved, it's going to get tough. Heard a man one time who became very suspicious of his wife. Notice some changes in her behavior, her attitude. Some things started changing in her life and her routines. And he just knew she was fooling around. He knew it. She didn't spend as much time with him as she once did. It seemed like some affections of her life were changing. So one day, he finally corners her and says, Hey, I've noticed something different in your life. Something's going on here. I just got to believe there's another man. Am I wrong? She said, no, you're right. I want to know his name. I demand to know his name right now. What has brought about this change in your life? It's affecting me. It's affecting the kids. It's affecting our household. Tell me his name right now. And she said, his name is Jesus. And I met him, and I've never been the same. 
I believe Jesus is talking about the scenario of where when he comes into a place where he has not been previously. Unless all there welcome him there, then he is going to bring division. He came into a world that was hostile to him. He came in and he divided or split a Jewish world. Some embraced him as Messiah, others did not. He divided. He came into a pagan world, if you will. Brought division there as well. Will we serve our pagan gods or serve this God-man? Named Jesus. You choose Jesus, you choose the pagans, we're divided. You choose where you've always been, you choose Jesus, we're divided. You go your way, you allow yourself to be your own God, we serve Jesus, we look to Jesus, we are divided, there is no peace. There's only peace if all parties involved welcome Jesus. Two divided against three, three divided against two. But guess what? Where there is hostility and there is challenge, when all parties involved welcome Jesus and Jesus shows up, then Jesus brings what to the whole house? He brings peace to the whole house. But that doesn't mean there may not be some tough decisions that have to be made in this. How easy, how easy has it been for you to follow Jesus? Have you ever had to make hard decisions because you committed yourself to follow Christ? Have you ever found yourself going a different way from the rest of the crowd because your heart was connected to Jesus? What if you were the only one? If you were the only one, do you think you would step out and say, even though I may be at some pseudo peace with all these people who don't care about you or don't walk with you, I will step out and commit my life and I will follow you, though it will bring unpeace in that situation, but I will have peace in my heart. And that's what matters more than anything else. What if you were the only one? How easy would it be for you to step out and say, I will follow Jesus? You see, in the, in the South and in the Bible Belt, it's pretty easy, I think, for the most part. To come to a point in time in your life where you realize that you're a sinner, and you accept Jesus, and you follow him in baptism, and you get stamped, and it's, you're good to go. Because everybody else around you is a Christian. But can you imagine living in a world today where there's no believers and there's no Christians? Do you really think, do you think you would step out in that scenario and say, even if it brings intense persecution or death into my life, I will follow Christ? Christianity was not marked by peace in its beginnings. It was marked by severe and intense persecution. 
And there's places around the world, even today, where Christianity is not welcomed at all. And anyone who steps out and says, I'll follow Christ, might mean it costs them their lives. But for most of us, it's been pretty easy. I'm a Christian. She's a Christian. You're a Christian. Or I'm a Christian. She's a Christian. He's a Christian. Wouldn't you like to what? Y'all didn't catch that, did you? Some of you did. You're really telling your age right now. I'm a Christian. She's a Christian. He's a Christian. Wouldn't you like to be a and so guess what? You come to that point in time in your life, oh, it's your time to become a Christian, and we'll go you through and get baptized, and here you are, and it's like, whoo, man, she got to her point, and she's good to go. Boom, here we go. I'm a Christian. She's a Christian. He's a Christian. Wouldn't you like to be a Christian too? Reminds you of the Dr. Pepper ad, right, in the 1970s? Y'all remember that? I mean, Dr. Pepper was so stinking clever when they did this. Because... If you'll remember that Dr. Pepper commercial, you know, it's, it's almost like the guy steps out and he's going to be bold and he's going to be different and he's a pepper now. You know, he's got, I'm a pepper. And there's been different commercials made from this slogan over the years and people come out and, you know, I'm a pepper. Y'all know, know what I'm talking about, right? I'm a pepper. And he's like, he's going, he's going the, the bold way. I'm a pepper. And then he, because people are, are drawn and attracted to the boldness, then the power of the ad slogan is that it creates a desire in all the other people to be peppers too. Y'all remember? All right, let's see if we can jog your memory here with this, all right? This is the, I think, in the 1970s. Have I said Dr. Pepper, by the way? Have I said Dr. Pepper or Pepper any time at all in the previous 30 seconds? Have I said Pepper or Dr. Pepper at all? How many times do you think I've said pepper or Dr. Pepper? All right, we're just giving them all the time in the world that they need to cue the video. I drink Dr. Pepper, don't you see? Because it's the perfect taste for me. That original taste, you know. So if no one, no one was a Christian too, what about you? Do you think that you'd be so convicted of the message of the gospel that you'd stand alone?
This is the purpose of the Advent season. It is to bring you to a point in time in your life where you really examine your faith, why you're a believer, what you really believe in, and to prepare your heart to celebrate Christmas. To examine, to search, to even, if necessary, confess, repent. I need to make a change. I need a fresh start. And I want to do it today. If no one else, if no one else does it, would you? And I really believe at that point, you will know if you really have the faith like you think you might do. Not because a mom or dad or grandmom or granddad or brother or sister, but because the Holy Spirit has spoke to your heart and to your life. And this is what I think Jesus is talking about. That when he comes on the scene, there could be division. There could be unpeace. Because when you step out and choose him, if others don't go where you go, you'll be different. And you'll be at odds. But being at odd or at odds with the world and the world's ways might mean you are in favor of God and His ways. And that makes all the difference in your life. And wouldn't it be great if everyone was a pepper? But if they're not, you still have to decide for yourself. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, would you stand with us this morning? Thanks for joining us on the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. That's it for this week's teaching, but you can always find more on our website, firstmissionary.net. We'd also like to encourage you to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you benefited from this week's lesson, be sure to share it with your friends and family, then leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.